we go from your solo period in the seventies, the Eagles have their, you know, rock stardom, superstardom globally. And then they break up famously and somehow you reconnect with your dear old friend, Glenn Fry. How does that happen? Well, we'd been, of course, really good friends during the time of the Eagles, but I hardly saw Glenn. He was really busy. So he called me and said, the Eagles are not together. Do you want to come over and write some songs? So I'd known him for about 10 years, I guess, but we had never written a song together, even though he recorded two of my songs. He had a house in the hills. He was renting a place that used to belong to James Cagney. One big room with an A-frame and a big fireplace. And I went in there and he had two bottles of wine, each costing more than my car. And he had a hundred candles burning in the place. And I said, Glenn, I don't drink wine. He goes, well, this is songwriter wine. You have to have a little of it. And I said, so what's with the candles? Do you have a date later? And he points up, he goes, no, Jack, it's the muse. She is up there. And we are not the only two guys trying to write a song tonight. And I want her to come down and hang around with us. So he was seducing, courting the muse, the songwriter muse. Yeah. Then we thought about that and we thought, well, the muse, she comes down. What? And we thought, well, what if a girl was here with us and had to choose, like, say, between two really, really cool guys like me and Glenn, you know? <laughs> but she had, you know, so then we started writing the song, The One You Love. So we wrote that song that night. Stay with the one who loves you 
And so the thing is, though, Glenn was my great friend. Then when we started writing songs together, it just turns out that your great friend is one of the best songwriters this country has ever had. And I just got to write songs with him basically for 14 years until the Eagles got back together. And even after that, it was just remarkably lucky. And we just had a fantastic time writing together during all that. It was just kind of the greatest of experiences. Let me list the songs for our listeners. I found somebody, Party Town, Smuggler's Blues, The All Nighter, Sexy Girl, True Love, Soul Searching, Live and Right, Part of Me, Part of You, I've Got Mine, River of Dreams, You Belong to the City. I'm probably missing some here. And I've been listening to these over the weekend. It's a real sort of metamorphosis of your sound. A lot more saxophone, real blue-eyed soul, if that's accurate. I think Glenn is quoted as calling it his Wilson Pickett phase. But a lot of these songs are about girls. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) You guys had a writing technique that was a Spanish phrase. Yeah, we, we would turn on the cassette recorder. And then we would take our two little Martin guitars that I had and sit there and start strumming. And then we would just make stuff up and just make it up and make it up. And then we would listen back to the tape. And sometimes there'd just be a song that we had made up. You don't even remember while you're doing it because you're just in the middle of it. And we called that El Blurto. <laughs> El Blurto. So we would just blurt out a bunch of songs. And then we would go back and write them down on the yellow pad. And then the next day, having some coffee and looking at the yellow pad, then we would do a lot of work and edit the songs and and put them together. But El Blurto was our technique. Just blurt it out. Yeah, just blurt out anything. But then Glenn, he said, well, I want to do an album, and he'd have an idea what he wanted it to be. He was from Detroit, 